four years, $160 million. Marcus Moser, before I ask you about the impact on the football team that is near to you and the impact on Dak's life, the draft, all of it, first, most importantly, if you signed a $160 million contract, what is the first thing you're buying first? Now, hold on a sec. Some parameters. Not necessarily like uh, country club membership, right? You're not going to waste it all. I feel like that first purchase may not even be the biggest. So it's not necessarily like, I, I don't know what a celebration of this caliber would feel like, I guess is what I'm getting at. So what would be your first uh, spend if you signed that deal? For me, it would be golf clubs, right? Because I've been using the same crappy golf clubs for whatever. I'd go out and get the best pair, uh, you know, the best set of golf clubs that I could buy. Dak, just buy Texas. I, I don't know. What, what are you going to do with $160 million? <laughs> I would buy the biggest beer I could find. And I would <laughs> and I would buy a lot of them. And I would, that night, okay, that night, because it turns into expectations. But that night would be a glorious one, I would imagine. So my purchases would be, small okay to loan up and then i'd, I'd go to country club i'm with yeah, you on yeah, the yeah. golf by the way the the most expensive cigars possible i'd be just uh, an idiot about it so the good thing uh, is you can buy whatever you want now it doesn't doesn't matter it does not matter <laughs> money is not uh an obstacle uh you can do whatever you want welcome in to the game day podcast adam kramer marcus mosher we will talk a little bit uh obviously about dak but we've got NFC North to break down. We'll have Aaron Nagler in from Cheesehead TV to talk about that. A uh, lot of stuff going on, of course, in the NFC North. We've got real-time uh, you know, franchise tagging going on. We've got free agency on the doorstep. We've got draft pro days kicking in, Marcus. We've got a lot going on. Excited to get into that. A reminder, guys, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify and Apple, and go to thegameday.com. Uh, check out what affiliates are doing, what prices you can grab. So, Marcus, again, I followed the DAC deal through you on Twitter yesterday. And before we did this show today, you talked about running out of cigars because all of said cigars have been smoked. So your uh, that says it all, I guess. But your initial oh, yeah. reaction to the DAC deal is, I mean, you have to be very excited, obviously, for the team and for him. I think my initial emotion, uh, Adam, was relief. I mean, I... I've been talking about this on the Locked On Cowboys podcast since the start of the 2019 season when he was first eligible to get a contract extension. And during that time, we've seen Jared Goff get a contract and get traded. We've seen Carson Wentz get a massive contract and then get traded. Prescott held out and he finally got it done. So it's just, it's such a relief to finally, to finally have this saga over and not have to worry about well, who will the Cowboys' next quarterback be if Dak Prescott leaves in free agency and where will he go and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just excited that it's over. Are you surprised how quickly this came together because there was sort of the rumblings of this maybe 24 hours before it was signed that things were taking a positive turn? But it feels like, Marcus, that a deal was a, a pretty complicated mega deal with a ton of upfront money was done uh, in like a couple of days, right? So was that a surprising thing to you at all? Not really, because Jerry Jones has really coined the phrase deadlines make deals, right? And the Cowboys had until Tuesday afternoon to put the franchise tag on him or not. And they really didn't want to do that from a cap perspective because it would cost them $38 million against the 2021 cap. So they sat down. It seems like this deal got done in about an hour and a half, two hours. I just don't know why it took so long to get it done. I'm glad it's done, but I don't know why it took so long. Well, I would agree with you there. And I guess this is a natural segment to um, 
or, or a segue to our favorite segment, my favorite segment, which is fill in the blanks. And let's start with the first one because we're already talking about it, Marcus. The Dak Prescott contract to you is blank. A steal for the Dallas Cowboys. I know he's the second highest paid quarterback in the league now at 40 million. But the one thing that I don't think fans and people around the league even know yet is the new TV money is going to be coming in here very, very soon. And do you know who handles the TV contracts and the gambling contracts? That would be Mr. Jerry Jones. So I think yes. he might have had an idea uh, of the money and where the salary cap is going to be here over the next couple of years. And that we can easily see the, the salary cap double. And it also doesn't hurt that guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and soon Kyler Murray are all going to be up for extensions. They're all going to get more than what Dak Prescott got because that's just the way free agency works. Uh, so I think it would not be surprising to me, Adam, by the time that Prescott takes his next snap with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he's already going to be the third, fourth, fifth highest paid quarterback in the league. So this will prove to be a steal for the Cowboys. I think it's a fascinating blueprint, and here's why. They he held out. He got seriously mm-hmm. hurt. The ultimate fear of not signing a deal, and he still broke the bank. And so if you're a quarterback, of course, you don't want to go down this path of saying, you know, if I get hurt, I'm going to be okay. Everything's a bit different. But this was a pretty significant injury, and he still got paid. And then the other thing, you know, Marcus, is a four-year deal. He's going to hit the market in theory in 31, correct? Like his early 30s, where who knows? You mentioned the cap being potentially double again whatever it is it's going to go up based Mm -hmm. off of you know viewership based off of money post pandemic etc if you're a young quarterback i think this is the blueprint an enormous sum of money in a short period of time and then the chance to do it all over again Uh, marcus it's very nba like to me it feels like lebron ish the way that he sort of has handled this i think he's done a brilliant job Yeah, and I think you're right with the blueprint. He's laid it out for Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. And if you're one of those three quarterbacks, you absolutely don't want to be the first one to sign your deal, right? You want to be the last one because you know that that money is going to go up. So I think while Prescott did lay out this this blueprint, I really think Kirk Cousins is the one that deserves credit here, right? Yes. He was really the first one to say, hey, I'll play on the franchise tag. It's not a problem at all. I know my value can only go up. And I think Dak Prescott executed that plan to a team. The one last thing to tie a bow on this, um, we talked about overpaying for Dak. That was like a theme, I think, this time last year. No, such I thing. didn't hear any of that, Marcus. Like, I didn't hear, I haven't heard any of that. Uh, people look at the deal and say, yeah, it's a lot of money. And oh my God, look at that signing bonus. I haven't heard any of that. And for a year where the guy got seriously hurt, again, go back to the blueprint and just go back to all of this. I think it's just been a fascinating 10 months, whether it comes to the injury or the, just the perception of the player. I really think Patrick Mahomes changed the NFL where everybody knows that you have to have an elite quarterback to, to beat Patrick Mahomes or challenge him. So there's really no, there's no way that you can overpay a quarterback because if you believe he can go toe to toe with a Brady, with a Mahomes, uh, with that level of quarterback, who cares if they take up 20% of your cap, they give you a chance to ultimately reach the Super Bowl, And that's all that matters. So, all right, let's move on because I've already, I know you could talk Dak for days. And actually, so could I. I think it's fascinating Mm -hmm. just the finances behind it. Let's move to, this is franchise tag season. We're in the thick of it as we record this. There's been news already today. There'll probably be more news. Um, I guess for you, the best franchise, most logical franchise tag so far is? 
actually an off the radar one, Taylor Moten of the Carolina Panthers. Now I know that's not a big name, but this is one of the better right tackles in the NFL. He was going to get absolutely paid in free agency. He's only 27 years old. He's played a hundred percent of the snaps over the last three years for the Panthers. And I don't think it's a secret, Adam, that there's going to be a new quarterback there in Carolina. So the first thing you want to do is put offensive linemen around him to protect him. Uh, I think Taylor Morton is really good. You're going to be paying him a lot of money, but he's worth it. And I think Justin Fields or Trey Lance will very, very much appreciate that. I think it's Allen Robinson um, for two reasons. A, I just am enamored with the talent. I know you like him a lot as well, Mm -hmm. but B, I think it's a, it's a valuable asset. And so wherever the bears go with this, there's a flexibility in doing it. It's the, it's the right answer or it's, I guess it's the predictable answer, Marcus, but Mm -hmm. um, the, the, (laughs) I put it on Twitter. The one thing that's kind of sad as a Jets fan and a team that needs a wide receiver, you know, you see Godwin, get come off the board you see Allen Robinson and you realize like this is sort of the way NFL free you know step one of this is all these players that have been kind of loosely tied to your team they're mostly gone before you even get there right and it feels like that was as much buzz as Robinson got and maybe of mm-hmm. course trade whatever it feels it feels like this was the the easiest call of them all if you're the Bears yeah, it, it was it, no matter who's the quarterback there you got to give them a number one receiver Allen Robinson has been maybe the league's most underrated receiver since he was drafted out of Penn State. Uh, I think he's fantastic. You pair him with Darnell Mooney. You have Anthony Miller in the slot. I think at least you have the weapons to support a new quarterback, whoever that is. Uh, It's a super smart move by the the Chicago Bears. All right, so the next two for me are kind of intertwined. But let's start with the first one. A Jimmy G Patriots reunion is blank. A lot of ways you can go with this, I guess unlikely i guess i don't see it right for this to happen the 49ers would have to get a clear upgrade and they would need to do that sooner rather than later they can't wait until the draft to cut jimmy g just because of some of the contract stuff so are they going to be able to find an upgrade in free agency or via trade i don't think so and i don't think new england can hang around and hope that jimmy garoppolo becomes available they're going to have to you know either make a move uh, in the draft to trade, they're going to have to go out and trade, uh, you know, somebody in the draft. I, I just don't see it. I know it's a lot of fun. I know how much Bill Belichick likes Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't see it. For me, it's more, you know, more sizzle than spice. Like it sounds fun, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think this is good for anybody. I don't think no. if you're the Patriots, you need to figure out what your long-term solution is. And that ain't the guy. And your team, frankly, isn't constructed, most likely, um, even with a lot of opt-outs coming back to win now. So for me, it's just, it sounds fun. And of course, Belichick, the aura of that, I guess, is kind of interesting. But I'm kind of with you. I think all, th- all three of the entities, whether it's the 49ers, Jimmy G and the Pats, are just kind of like, this is options weighing. Um, Jimmy G is certainly not as enticing as he once was. And again, I, I, Sam Fran is obviously going to look for other options there, may not have any. So I get the intrigue. I, I think it's, again, more, more bark than bite to, mm. to just use another corny way to label this thing. Um, I, let's move on then, because this could, you know, of course, we're talking about cuts and, you know, Jimmy G, could he be the shocking one? The most shocking cut will be blank. How about Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys? I, I think the Cowboys wow. are in a situation where, they have the number 10 pick. There's a very good chance that there's an offensive tackle that falls to them. Tyron Smith has missed at least three games in three straight seasons. He's coming off a neck injury. 
He's still fairly young, uh, but I just don't know if the Cowboys can dedicate that much cap space to a guy that's always this injured. I'm not, I'm, I'm really 50, 50 here, but I think if he's cut, that would be the biggest name because this is an all pro left tackle that if he has a couple more seasons, might be a hall of fame player would not be totally shocked if he's released. I don't necessarily, the most shocking cut will be, and I'm going to punt on this one. I'm going to say kind of no one, because I don't necessarily think there's, I think you're going to see guys, Adrian Claiborne got cut um, like the moment we were coming on air. Um, And and that's the kind of names I think you're going to see, Marcus. What I think you're going to see instead is a lot of restructuring. Um, And I don't necessarily think you'll see that one guy. I think there'll be some intriguing names and it'll, you know, see the market a little bit. I don't necessarily see that one name that's going to jump off the page, but that said, um, <laughs> executives are going to be busy, busy. The lawyer's going to be busy. There's going to be a lot of contracts being worked up. And I think just the restructuring based off of teams, when you see like the new Orleans or, you know, a green Bay or whomever, I think there's going to be a lot of that, which is, you know, they'll try and do it. And who knows, maybe some guys will not uh, be willing to do that and hit, hit the market. I don't necessarily think it'll be as crazy as we think. Although again, with the books that have to be balanced, you never know. Um, and finally, something that is near and dear to me is uh, uniforms, right? What, what we're wearing. Have, have you seen the new Bengals leaks? And I guess my question is the new Bengals uniforms are blank. Underwhelming. I, I really was hoping for this all white with these black stripes. I thought that would look really cool. These ones just seem like, they made a tiny, tiny change, and it's not that big of a deal. I, listen, not to throw Nike under the bus, but I have not been a big fan of some of the Nike uniforms that they've put out over the last couple of years. So going underwhelming here. They are better, but they are not great. It's it's yeah. less any given Sunday E, um, <laughs> not a compliment. Like they're they're a little bit more polished. They still feel like a little kid got into a CAD program yeah. though and just went to town, yeah. right? Like the whole. Tiger, I, I get it. Um, it's a tough foundation to work with from a color standpoint too. Like already, I think naturally it's going to look a little cartoony. Man, I could talk uniforms for days. And I know you probably could. Well, what's awesome. the best so, uniform of all time? Just really quickly, because this is a debate we need to have on another show. But right now, best uniform of all time. Um, I would say Penn State is always naturally. Ooh, if okay. I, I go into college, I'm cheating, okay. right? No, no, I, no that's I'm fine. a purist. I, I'd say UCLA, USC, Penn State, Alabama. Those those looks are just so pure. In the NFL, um, it's a little harder to me. The Raiders have a great. The Cowboys have a great look, frankly. Yeah. I think They're if you're picking uniforms, NFL, especially, yeah. They are great. Who do you have in the NFL as your favorite now that we've completely gone off the rails? Yeah, so in the NFL, I still love the Raiders' black uniforms. The silver and black is just so so clean, so good. Uh, Probably right now is Michigan. I just love the blue and yellow. It it looks really good. The dark uniforms for Michigan uh, will always have a special place in my heart. All right. Um, We're going to have to dedicate a full segment, (laughs) full pod to uniforms. I'm good. Let's, Let's do it. This is a decent uniform division, I think, the NFC North that we're, we're going to focus on now. Mark, I, I, before we dive in team by team, I, I guess I really um, like to – I like to get the assessment as a whole. And I think this is a fascinating assessment. We've done these, of course, the last couple of weeks. We've gone back and forth on, you know, do we like Cleveland? Do you like the Ravens? Right. So there's been some discussion, I guess – to, to spoil things a little bit, there's not a lot of discussion here when you think of the hierarchy of this. So as you look at the NFC North right now, what immediately jumps out to you? 
that it's not a very competitive division right now. But two years from now, Adam, I, I couldn't tell you who's going to be on top of this division, right? I think the long-term outlook of this division is so much more fun to talk about than what's going to happen in 2021 because I think you and I both agree that Green Bay is probably going to win the, this division and could even win this division by, what, two, three games pretty comfortably? But if Aaron Rodgers is gone in 2022, 2023, whew, buddy, this is a, this is yeah. a ridiculous division where Kirk Cousins could be the best quarterback by far here next year. I think um... – I don't know if there's a quarterback of the future on any of these rosters. Uh, it may be on green Bay. Like that's the thing about it is like, there's some serious sculpting that has to do. And I guess no better place to start when it, when it comes to sculpting than the Detroit lions um, look meathead head coach, huge <laughs> trade. Uh, but let's start with your biggest team need. Where do you go when you look at a team now that is Jared Goff and his contract and, um, we know that Galladay is not getting tagged, which is interesting. And you've got some free mm -hmm. agents there at wide receiver. So is that a focus for you? The wideouts being on suddenly probably their biggest team need? Yeah, they need a playmaker, whether it's at wide receiver, tight end. I know they drafted TJ Hawkinson a couple of years ago, and I think he's going to be fine. Uh, they need somebody that can dictate coverage in the passing game. Kenny Galladay is leaving. Marvin Jones is likely gone. That wide receiver core has just completely fallen apart. So they're at an interesting spot in the draft where they might be able to draft any one of the receivers, maybe a Kyle Pitts and pair him with a TJ Hawkinson. They've got to get a number one weapon. Uh, they actually could, Adam, have a number one weapon if they just decide to franchise tag Kenny Galladay or bring him back, but they've decided not to do that. So that's a, it's a little odd. Are you, how surprised were you by that? Shocked because there's just not that many good players on this Detroit Lions team. So why not keep the one good asset that you have? I, I know the Lions have talked about, you know, recouping that draft pick in 2022, which will be a third round pick, but that doesn't seem worth the trade-off at all. Bring Kelly Galladay back, at least have one reliable option in the passing game, but that's not the direction the front office is taking. I, I like Swift. I like Hawkinson. Actually, I think Swift's going to be a really good player at some point. Yes. Um, but I think um, <laughs> poor Jared Goff, man. I mean, this is a this is kind of a shock. And so the question is, how much better can Detroit be with Goff, or will they be better with Goff? I guess is sort of the the, the bigger question when I look at it. Yeah, I think they're going to be worse with Jared Goff because. Jared Goff was okay with Sean McVay over the last two years. And um, Sean McVay didn't come with him to Detroit. And that makes me really nervous. This is a bad offensive line. We mentioned the receivers. I like DeAndre Swift, but he can only do so much. Um, I think this is going to be pretty rough for Jared Goff. He's going to need to dramatically change the way he plays in order to have success there. And I'm just not buying that that can happen. It's a it's a rough situation. He had good weapons where, where he was at and still struggled at times, mm -hmm. um, battled injuries. I, you know, again, there's some pieces and I don't I, it wouldn't you know, we've seen him do it, Marcus. So there's a part of me that says maybe this change will, you know, he can reinvent himself. And yet I the foundation does not feel great. Um, and I you know, this win total, I guess, speaks to that. So five wins next year, you're going over or under that. I'm going under. And actually, Adam, I think this is the one team I think should be leading the league in the odds to have the number one pick in 2022. Wow. I, I don't see a worse roster in the NFL right now than the Detroit Lions. Oof. I'm going under. 
Um, and it's a pretty convincing under because I'll be honest, the, the rest of the over-unders in this division, I think, are pretty tough. Uh, mm-hmm. And I assume you're obviously, I don't even have to ask, are you buying and selling as a playoff team? You're, I, I'd say, Which are you year? buying what, or selling what, what, what as year am I buying Sam again? Howell or Spencer Rattler is the question. So uh, um, no. is, I guess to tie a bow on it, are, this is a team that you think a, a year from now is scouting the top quarterback prospects in college, basically? Yeah, Detroit Lions fans, get some familiar with Sam Howell at North Carolina and Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. Or Oklahoma. Those would be your, your most exciting players to watch all season. Oh, my God. That's as rough of a preview as teams as we've done. What, what are we supposed um, to say? That there's, there's nothing. No playmakers I'm not, I'm not, on this defense. There's, it, it's, I, it's a bad roster. Uh, it's, it is. It's a bad roster, and it's uh, – I mean – it's one of the few certainties I think we have. Um, this one next team is a little bit more complicated and a lot yes. of unknown. The Chicago Bears, the team up the road for me, uh, Marcus, as we were coming on, we talked about it. The Allen Robinson franchise tag happens. So as you look at them for biggest team need, I think I know where you're going to go, but where are you going? Yeah, I mean, I feel like quarterback is the, the easy answer here, right? Chicago's been a quarterback away for what, 30 years now? 40 years. Yep. Uh, I, but I, I think it's true. If they can even get average, competent quarterback play, there's no reason this team can't win 10, 11 games. The defense is absolutely ready to go. They're going to be getting Eddie Golden back. They're, they're just amazing defensive tackle. They've got pass rushers. The secondary is really good. And I even like the weapons on offense. Like, I think there's a lot there between Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller, Cole Komet, who I think is going to be a star at tight end for them. There's a lot of pieces here. You gotta figure out that quarterback situation, even if it's just average. I think that'll be enough to to get this team into the playoffs again. You know, you looked up this roster, um, and you wonder why they aren't better. And you know, kind of why, because the quarterback situation. Right. I'd right. argue the head coaching situation, frankly. But there's so many. Even Montgomery had some really good flashes last year. I mean, there's so many pieces, um, and yet the quarterback is. It is unescapable, and I don't, I don't know if you can solve it in an offseason, but I guess let's, let's try to. Um, this is probably one of the more difficult questions. I, I've thought about this a lot, and I don't have great answers. You're, you're putting in a starter for week one. Who is it? Is it, is it Foles, is it, which is probably the odds-on favorite and probably a big one at that, but who is your starter week one? I'm going Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think there's any way that you can bring back Nick Foles and expect things to be different, right? I just don't think he's a good fit in this offense with Matt Nagy. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will do an excellent job of getting the ball to playmakers, getting it to Allen Robinson. He's got some gunslinger to him. He's a veteran. Uh, I think everybody knows what he is at this stage of his career. Like he's not going to be the guy to carry you, but if you're asking him, Hey, go score 21 points and we'll win this game. He can do that. I, I think that's the most realistic option. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago drafts a quarterback in the first round or they, you know, they get a developmental guy. That's probably their most likely plan, you know, of attack at the quarterback position this offseason. I feel like I'm trying to sell a puppy with Sam Darnold in my Jets, but I actually think this would be a pretty good situation for him. Mm-hmm. Could you see that happening? Yeah, and I think that's a good fit as well, right? A lot of play action, a lot of pre-snap motion. I do think that's a good fit. Um, I I would like to see Sam go to an offense that's maybe a little bit more structured, right, and things where he doesn't have to think as much. Being nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. 
But I, I don't think it's a necessarily a bad landing spot. I'd rather see him in Chicago than Washington or somewhere else. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. I, I still think it may be fools, and Chicago fans don't want to hear that. Oof, but there not. are options. I don't think I don't think a lot of them are great. Um, but it, draft will be very interesting to see uh, which teams are attached. Eight wins. This is a tough number for me. Over under eight wins. Because Marcus, I'll start. It feels about pushish for me. Yeah. Like that's right on the nose of what I'd I'd probably predict the season for this team. Yeah, I think it's close. I'm actually going to say over. I really believe in this defense. They're just, they're really, really good everywhere. And I think it's pretty likely that the quarterback play is going to be better than whatever we saw last year with Foles, Trubisky, Foles again. Uh, I, I think they'll figure it out to a degree and there'll be a eight to nine win team. So I am going slightly over. I'd love to see a quarterback just unlock the potential because I'm curious what the potential is for this team with all the pieces that they have, assuming Allen Robinson is back. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. And then I guess that is probably borderline playoff team. I, I would say sell on playoff possibilities, although it's a reluctant sell. What about you when it comes to, to buying yourself, selling playoff chances? Yeah, I'll sell, but I think they're going to be one of those teams that's in it to the very last week or so. Kind of like right? this year, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? right. I, I could see them easily being the, the sixth seed in the NFC, and I could easily see them being slightly out. So I think they're in that wild card conversation, and it wouldn't shock me at all they, if they did get into the playoffs once again. All right, so this is, uh, we move from one perplexing team to another, maybe even more perplexing, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Jefferson looks like a star. Weapons all over the place on offense, injuries, opt-outs, whatever. As you look, of course, you know, Marcus, at biggest team need, I'd have to assume that you're starting on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's pass rusher. Uh, Daniil Hunter missed most of last season. They traded away Everson Griffin. Uh, a, a year before that, they need somebody that can create a consistent pass rush. They're hoping it's Daniel Hunter. There's a lot of guys in this draft in their spot, you know, where they pick, where they could get some pass rush help. I actually like the secondary. They've got a lot of young guys there. The safeties are very good, and I expect them to bring back Anthony Harris as well. Get a pass rusher, get this defense back on track, because the offense should be pretty good with all of those weapons. Yeah, Run D was one of the worst, uh, you know, in the NFL last year. I'm with you. And who knows? A mix of injuries and opt-outs, but mm -hmm. youth is obviously necessary. Um, Kirk Cousins, um, I think we know what we're getting. I think he is good enough in many instances, yes. which is okay. I have a hard time evaluating him, Marcus, because it does seem to change. And honestly, I think his demeanor and his goofiness doesn't help him in this because it makes – the narrative a little louder, but sure. as you look at cousins as a player, you know, how do you evaluate him as we head into the season? I actually think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. You look at his passer rating over the last four years, his yards per attempt, uh, his adjusted yards per attempt. They're all inside the top 10. Uh, he just doesn't get a lot of credit because he's not flashy and he's not a top five quarterback. And we as fans have a hard time dealing with those quarterbacks that are somewhere between eight and 12. They're never the Aaron Rodgers and the Mahomes type, but they're not the bad Mitch Trubisky types either. I think he's good enough to win a Super Bowl, assuming everything else around him is good. Unfortunately, Minnesota has let that defense get old really, really quickly. If they can fix up that side of the ball, Kirk Cousins will be just fine. I, I don't think he's a concern at all in Minnesota. 
I think you're, you nailed it, which is balanced. He's not a top five guy. He's probably, you know, he's not in a, like you look at Josh Allen's ascension and what he can Mm -hmm. mean to the team. And yet with the pieces that he has around him, he could be fine. If you've got other foundational things in chain in place to, to build around him. Um, And yet I don't know if there are, he'll ever have that acceptance unless he breaks through and wins this. And that's the case, I guess, for most quarterbacks that are outside of the top three, four, five uh, in the NFL. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he does get a bad rap. Um, you know, whether he's screaming, you like that, or again, it doesn't help him as weird as it is. No, the no. perception doesn't help him. Um, seven wins over under, I I'm going over. I, I mean, yeah, Marcus, yeah. I, I think this team I'm excited about the possibilities, probably, probably too excited. What about you here? Yeah, I'm going over because if this defense can even be average, this is a double digit win team with the weapons they have at wide receiver with the running game that they have. Kirk Cousins is a really good play action quarterback. And I really like Mike Zimmer. I think he's a good coach. I think they'll ultimately figure this out. I still think they're short of the Packers, but this is a really, really solid team, especially if they can fix their defense. Are you buying them as a a playoff team though? Short of the Packers is okay. There's no shame in that. What about playoffs? I am. I, I, I don't think teams are going to be able to, to cover Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen next year. And I think that's going to get them uh, to 10 wins. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picking them as a playoff team. Me too. I think it's a bounce back again, defense. I think you nailed it just has to be okay. And they're going to score a ton of points and, and, you know, have a chance to beat up on all but one team in their division if it goes their way. But of course we've seen it with this team before it really does. And, um, and we the last really one, quickly, really yeah, quickly go ahead. the Vikings. We've seen Mike Zimmer, beat the Packers before with Aaron Rodgers. So yep. it's not out of the realm of possibilities. This is the one team in the division that I think can give the Packers some fits. All right. And and there it is, the team, of course. You and I have done videos on this, Marcus, of the Packers being one of, um, if not our Super Bowl pick. We are kind of in lockstep. Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of things to figure out still. So spoiler alert, we like the Packers. So does pretty much everybody. But this still is a team with some holes. So I'm wondering to you, biggest team need heading into the off season. Speed. They got to get faster on offense. I really like Devontae Adams. Uh, I just ranked him as the number two receiver in the NFL going into 2021. He's just not a overly fast player. And you saw it in that game against Tampa Bay. They really had nobody that scared the, the, the Buccaneers deep, right? That's something they need to add this off season. And as a fan perspective, how much fun Adam would it be to see Aaron Rodgers throwing to Will Fuller. Like, that's my ideal match in free agency. I don't know how realistic it is, but they've got to get faster on the outside. Give Aaron Rodgers another weapon that he can rely on. And then we're talking about this team as, you know, maybe the favorites in the NFC in 2021. I, I think you hit it. Uh, the Bucks, as they did to the Chiefs, kind of delivered the blueprint to stop this team. And that was issues with the offensive line. And then, of course, giving Aaron Rodgers yet another piece to play with. It's a great draft if you want a slot guy or some yes. sort of wide out yes. that you could put move all over the place where they take that player is kind of interesting given where they are in the draft. Would they invest in a wide receiver in the first round for the first time, you know, ever? I, I don't know. I mean, but that's, I think you've got to give this a go. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, Aaron Jones, again, it's, it's franchise time. Um, I haven't seen anything come across the wire. I am trying to pay attention, believe it or not, while we're filming this. Uh, he's he's a franchise candidate so by the time people listen to this the the book will be out but if you're making this call right now what do you do with him i don't franchise tag him because i think the running back position is very replaceable in the nfl 
The Packers already drafted his replacement last year with A.J. Dillon. If they want to grab another guy in the second, third round to give him some speed, I think there's some guys out there. Michael Carter from North Carolina, I think, would be a fantastic fit in that offense. Let him go. Save that money. Invest it into your defense or your wide receiver core. And I don't think you'll see a significant drop-off at all at running back. Dude, Dillon is going to be a star. Yes. AJ yes. Dillon is um, is a, a sort of a freak of nature if you've ever watched him run. Uh, Derrick Henry he likes Stay healthy. Yes. He, he is. Except, yeah. and I don't want to say more explosive because Derrick Henry's outrunning dudes for 90 yards, but he it's is close. constructed. You no, know, he is. And you saw glimpses of it last year too when he got going and actually became the primary ball carrier in some instances. Right. Um, I I'm just enamored with his talent. I've got, I've been that way for like three years and the economics of this to make the call. You're absolutely right. Lean on him, draft a more, uh, you know, traditional third down back who can catch passes somewhere in the middle rounds. And it's not a bad year to do that either. Draft a Trey Sermon or something in the fourth round if you want to, You, you know, so, so do something like that. I'm totally with you team that has some cap issues I think you got to let him walk now over under 13 wins. It's a bit of a gut check number, Marcus, even as much as we like this team. That's a lot. I, I tend to say push, but I'll say under, I think 12 and four seems about right, but I really, really like this team. Again, I've been saying it for, I don't know how many weeks now. <laughs> I think they're the favorites to win in the NFC next year. I think this is a loaded roster. It's just to, to pick them to go over 13 wins. That's, that's awfully tough. I'm exactly with you. Like we love this team. We're telling everyone this is going to win the Super Bowl, and then you're like, "Wait a second, we'll slow it down a little bit." Um, push feels right. I'd probably lean under. I, I think this has. I just look at the way this team's constructed and what what they could potentially add in terms of young players, and I think it could be really scary. And again, the Vikings are intriguing, but until the Bears solve their quarterback woes, this is the division they should absolutely clobber frankly, yes. in, in pretty much every game that they play home or away. On the topic of Packers, Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV, of course, an expert on the subject. We welcome him in next. Very happy to welcome to the podcast an old friend, uh, a Twitter friend, a former co-worker, Aaron Nagler, co-founder of Cheesehead TV, which I cannot tell you how much I enjoy to say. Uh, obviously a focus on the Packers. I guess if you don't know that, I don't know what to tell you at this point. So Aaron, welcome in, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. It's surreal a bit. Uh, like you said, former co-workers, uh, known each other via Twitter and in real life for a long time. It's good to uh, chat some ball with we, you guys. We love getting kind of the, the old friends together to talk shop. The old guard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just need a couple, exactly. a couple of beers, frankly, is the only thing that's missing. Uh-huh. But um you know, look, we're, we're talking about the NFC North, and obviously you're focusing on the Packers, who Marcus and I absolutely love this year, love love last year, love this year. We're just we're, – we're really excited about – but let's start generally. Uh, franchise tag season um, is upon us, and the – It is here. The awesome free agency <laughs> class that we thought is just rapidly shrinking away and will probably change by the time people listen to this and when we record. But any, any surprises, Allen Robinson back with the Bears. You've got Kenny, Kenny Galladay with the Lions, who's not uh, getting tagged, right? So right. when you look at those two in particular, what, what comes to mind? I think Robinson's kind of the interesting one, right? It's a question of what, what is next, I suppose. Yeah, you got to think they're going to try to lock him up long term. It seems like this idea about getting 
Allen Robinson and extension in Chicago has been going on for at least the last two years. We had the drama earlier this season where he unfollowed the bears or whatever it was and made all these like <laughs> uh, allusions to wanting a divorce on social media. But look, it's funny because I had some people in my mentions saying, what are the bears doing? And it's like, they're keeping their good players. I, I, I understand that from the outside looking in, it probably looks like it's time for the bears to blow it up and start over, but they've clearly brought most of the hierarchy back. Ryan Pace is going to try to keep his job. And as a general manager, you're, you're not going to get better by allowing one of, if not your best player to walk for absolutely nothing, except maybe a compensatory pick a year from now. Um, I think he's one of the better receivers in the league, let alone in the NFC North. And I think it makes a world of sense for Chicago. I mean, it sucks for Robinson. He, I know, I, I joke yeah. about it a lot online, about the fact that it came down years ago when he made his decision after he left Jacksonville. He's himself, these are his words, it came down between Chicago and Green Bay, and he chose Chicago. Well, you chose Mitch Trubisky over Aaron Rodgers, and now you're, you're having to deal with that, right? But it does really kind of suck because as an NFL fan, you want good players in good situations, um, which he most certainly is not at the moment in Chicago. So, Aaron, the Bears are trying to keep their good players. What is Detroit I don't doing? know. I knew that was where that was going to go because you got Galladay. Uh, they had the young edge rusher whose name escapes me at the moment who I saw it was literally just came out that they're not going to tag him. I mean, this is the kind of opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to this is the kind of the blowing up that I think people expected in Chicago. Look, they've got a new coach, new GM, new regime, so to speak. It's a total reset in Detroit, and I think I would try to keep the good players around if I was the GM, but you know, how, you know how insular these things can be. These guys, we want our guys. We want our way, and okay, fine, but you're going to let a lot of talent apparently just walk out the door, and like I said earlier, like they're going to get a comp pick eventually, but for 2021, it's, it, it could, be, could be late rather early in Detroit. Now and how valuable is a third round pick that's going to be in the nineties or the hundred? I mean, what, right. I, I guess I just don't understand it. Right. Kelly Galladay is still a really, really He's good phenomenal, receiver. phenomenal player. I mean, I understand yeah. he missed a lot of time because of injury, but yeah, to just let him go. I don't know, man. Especially, and exp know. especially with Jared Goff, right? You, you, right. you just get him some weapons, right? Yeah. Give him a weapon. Yeah. I mean, you're just setting Jared Goff up to fail. So I, I don't get this. Since, at we're, all. since we're talking yeah, Detroit, it's hard to wrap your well, head around. Aaron, it, no doubt. Well, let me wrap your head. Around. What do you think of the meathead coach? Like, it, 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 I mean, <laughs> since we're getting the Detroit content yeah, out of the yeah, way, I right? mean, this, this feels like, um, like it's just all of it. The trade, the coach and his right. I, his goofiness, I, I there seems all of it seems odd and strange, and it's not going to work. I guess is the immediate vibe I get from. Well, that's your that's your immediate kind of reaction to it, right? But who knows? Yes, man, this is the thing I always say: is like we, especially online people who follow the NFL religiously, hour by hour, minute by minute on Twitter, we all have a very kind of almost hive mind about what is smart and what works and what doesn't and won't, but. There's not one way to win in the NFL. Now, there are certainly schemes that are probably better than others. There are coaches who seem to have things figured out more than others. But there's no one set path. And, okay, bringing in this scenery-chewing guy to rah-rah your troops, no. A lot of analytical people, a lot of guys who study even you know, the tape watchers of the world, I think that's an area of consensus where it's like, okay, that's all great. 
we all want to run through a wall for you, but can you coach the game itself? All indications from what I've heard anyway, is that Campbell's actually a really good coach. I think people kind of lose that perspective because of the public persona thing, but that doesn't mean he can't coach. So I'm willing to sit here and let it play out and say, okay, it's unconventional, certainly, but you know, who, who knows? Maybe they, they do run the ball a lot and, and get into manageable third downs for golf and move the chains and possess the football and keep their defense off the field and win some games they people probably don't expect them to. Now, is that going to sell you know, tickets to your franchise? I don't know. But, hey, you know, we've seen a lot of losing in Detroit. Trying something different doesn't feel crazy at this point. Aaron, is there also a chance that they're, they know that they're not going to be able to compete right now? So maybe Precisely. they're looking ahead to – Hey, when Aaron Rodgers eventually leaves Green Bay, right. this division's wide open. Yeah, absolutely. A thousand percent. So why not lay the groundwork? Why not rip it up and kind of put down whatever foundation you think is going to work? This is the time to do it. Because like you say, I mean, it's not like they're going to, I would suspect, not going to go from a worst to first scenario and just all no, of a sudden no. challenge the Packers. But yeah, to, to use this time, this next year or two, as a way to lay whatever foundation for your program you see fit, that makes a lot of sense. So regarding Rodgers, and Marcus, you hit on kind of whenever that end is. I, Aaron, I don't know if there's a lingering outside sense that this marriage is, is maybe nearing an end sooner than it should, right. or that mm-hmm. you, you obviously invested in a, a first-round draft pick, and maybe that applies pressure. Right. So I guess you know this team better than just about everybody. Is the vibe that this – Maybe this is the swan song, right? This season, is that real? Or do you think you'll believe it when you see it? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I, I, I kind of waffle back and forth on this one because I do think when they drafted Jordan love, it was the idea that he was going to be the successor. I think what they didn't count on probably is Aaron Rodgers rebounding with an MVP season. And now he's obviously tried to exert some pressure as much as he can anyway, in regards to, look, he's heading into a, the, the back part of his contract where he is out of guaranteed money. And now he wants to get paid, especially after yesterday where you saw Dak Prescott get just an incredible deal. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to say, look, I'm a three-time MVP coming off an MVP season. We're knocking on the doorstep of the Super Bowl the last two years. I want to get paid. And I totally understand that. The real kind of question mark here is Jordan Love, especially in, because they didn't get an offseason last year. We saw him for two weeks last summer, and that's it. You know, and we barely, he barely got any reps as the number three quarterback. You guys know how it is at NFL practices. You get the starter gets five or six, number two gets three or four, and that third guy gets maybe two. One's a handoff. So what do you know about Jordan Love at this point? Not a whole hell of a lot. And with this 17th game coming in this year, there's going to be one less preseason game. I think you're going to see a lot of Jordan Love in the preseason. And the Packers got to find out sooner rather than later if he can even play. Um, I think the idea still is, if Jordan Love develops the way they expect him to, that maybe not after this year, but probably next year, that's when they'll try to move on from Aaron Rodgers. But there's so much to play out there. If nothing else, Jordan Love is great insurance for a team that knows the value of having a quarterback and getting it when you don't actually need it. All right, Aaron. So what if uh, Aaron Rodgers just wants to say, hey, I want to finish my career in Green Bay. I'm willing to take less than market value. 
what does Green Bay do with Jordan Love then? Do they hold on to him and continue to develop? Do they trade him? What's the move if Rodgers wants to come back? Well, I think it's funny because Aaron said as much. You know, he he has wanted, he has stated often he wants to finish his career in Green Bay. And now there are things that are out of his control. I think a lot of it, obviously, and it all comes back to this. And it it's hard to kind of, you know, say anything for certain because we don't know how Jordan's going to develop. Um, but let's say, you know, the kid shows that he can play after a couple of years. I don't think it really matters what Aaron Rodgers wants. And I know a lot of Packer fans hate that idea, but look, you're either getting better, or you're getting worse. And father time is undefeated. Brett Favre had his greatest statistical year two years after the Packers traded him away. That doesn't mean it was a mistake. It means they got out ahead of it because the following year, Brett absolutely fell apart. And that's not to say that that is, uh, you know, even close to happening with Aaron Rodgers anytime soon. But when they decide to make that move, having a chip, a piece like Jordan Love as insurance, which is essentially what that draft pick was, mm -hmm. gives them a little bit of leeway and or maneuverability. Whereas if, say, Aaron Rodgers is playing in an MVP level and all of a sudden falls off and they've got nothing to turn to, well, then they're going to be wandering in the wilderness. Like we've seen teams like Miami has been looking for a franchise quarterback forever. or Denver went and got Peyton Manning. And hasn't been back to the playoffs since. You know, I think obviously Brian Gutekunst is trying to make sure that that doesn't happen in Green Bay. So you are let's let's give you the keys to this Ferrari, and it is a Ferrari. For the, <laughs> Nobody wants. No, that. no. Like, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of good content, like next couple right. of months, you you are GM, and you could you know we're talking about franchise tags and obviously the draft, and of course it's right. a little bit sensitive, I guess, after the Jordan Love thing and all of what that created, which you could argue right. actually created. A positive outcome that didn't end in the Super Bowl, but still look at Aaron Rodgers here. What one could say. one could say? So, what do you? What would be a couple of things that you would focus on? Is there a player in the draft you like? You, you this is your team. What do you want to do with it? You know, my big draft crush right now is Asante Samuel Jr., but I don't know if he's probably in play for the Packers at twenty nine. I think he's probably gone by then. Um, I think this is a draft that if, you know supposedly from everyone I talk to features real depth at wide receiver again, much like last year. I think this year they actually do end up taking a wide receiver, probably not at 29, but at some point I would probably stock up at wide receiver because look past this year, there's nobody under contract at that position. Now I think they will eventually extend Devonte Adams this off season. Yeah. If I were GM, that would be, that would be thing number one on my to-do list. Um, off offensive tackle is something I think they'll look at the draft again the problem, of course, is like you have this wish list and yeah, there's lots of things I'd like to do, but given the salary cap situation the Packers are in, they have so much work to do just to get under the cap this year. I mean, they're one of the teams that this pandemic has really screwed up. I think they would have been okay, even fine, had, you know, it been business as usual, the cap goes up 10 million like it does every year, they'd have been fine. But now, man, they, they, they've got to make some really tough choices. If it's me, I probably tag Aaron Jones. Um, I know we're, we're a couple hours away from this being official. So who knows by the time people are hearing this, I'm sure this decision will already have played out, but I would tag him if not just to bring him back and utilize him in an offense where you know how explosive he is also as a, maybe as a bargaining chip, you know, you've, you, there's a lot of teams seemingly that would be interested in his services. The cap number going down means the franchise tag numbers have gone down. If you're the, if you're the GM in a year where the cap is, harder than ever to maneuver around give yourself uh, an extra tool so to speak to maybe get another draft pick maybe get another guy you like Aaron Jones is a great player and if nothing else again bring him back because 
there's a lot of unknowns in AJ Dillon, who you drafted last year, who they're clearly going to get on the field. Mm-hmm. But why not for at least one year, you know, ride with Aaron Jones one more time because you know how explosive and important he is in this offense. Let's move to close to my backyard, the Bears. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, man, and I, and I'm not a Bears fan. Um, I, but I look at this team and it feels like football purgatory. It feels like a team uh, that's that, that, that spot. On. Well, it, it, they yes. don't know what they are. They've got a, right. a lame duck coach and a lame duck GM. It's a mess at quarterback, a mess of contract. And yet they still have enough talent to make a go at this. It feels like it feels hundred percent like the worst. No this is like NFL hell. So you, I mean, it I, really I know you follow the fact that they made the playoffs absolutely solidified it. <laughs> so too. what do you, you know what I mean? What do you do? And I guess really, what can you do now with the team that they've, they've got set up and there's a lot of unknowns. there still obviously a quarterback and, and really elsewhere. It's crazy because it's going to be another off season. You would think of, you know, quarterback roulette. And I don't know what Avenue they go down. I, I you know, whether Mitch Trubisky, is given yet another chance, whether they sign another free agent or they trade for somebody. I don't know. But look, like you said, they've got the talent. That's what's crazy. And that's what I said last mm-hmm. year at this time where, you know, people were talking about the Vikings and I was all in on the Bears being the problem for the Packers in the North, mostly because of the defense. Look at the talent they have there. I mean, Hicks, Mack, the safety tandem, uh, Fuller out of corner. That, that's a group that can win you ball games. Don't look any further than that Thursday nighter against the champs, you know. They dismantled Brady and, and the Bucks in that game. Uh, I, I think yeah, I'm with you, man. It is got to be frustrating for Bears fans. As a Packers fan, I freaking love it. I love, <laughs> I love this idea that Bears fans gave Packers fans so much grief about the Khalil Mack trade, the fact that they got Mack and the Packers didn't. But then the Packers did turn around and sign the Smiths, Zadarius, who has actually been more effective, if you want to go strictly by metrics, than Mack has been. And uh, they have, obviously, a quarterback, and they actually have a shot every year. Whereas, to, to your point, the Bears just feel like they're absolutely treading water. i got to admit, I was surprised they brought back Pace and Nagy because of the fact that, you know, they've been kind of in charge now for X number of years, and you've seen the same results again and again and again. I know maybe that first year where Nagy won Coach of the Year, you know, and they, things were pointing in the right direction for once in Chicago has maybe colored their perceptions, but – Man, I, I, I'm with you, man. They look to be treading water for at least one more season. Aaron, I want you to look into your crystal ball and tell us who is the week one quarterback for the Chicago Bears this year. I don't know. I, probably Mitch Trubisky. That's the crazy part. Oh, man. I, that's what, well, I feel bad for all my Bears fans. Because you think I'm sorry. about it, though. Because, I mean, I don't I mean, I know they're, they're, they're photoshopping, you know, uh, Russell Wilson into a into a Bears uniform, that's never going to happen. I mean, no, what do the no. Bears have? The Bears have nothing to trade. That's the other problem. They have no ammo to go get whatever they want. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's another pipe dream. I just, I don't know, man. Like, hell, it could be Blaine Gabbert for all we know. I, I don't know. I, I, wish I, I wish I could say, actually, I don't wish. I'm glad I can't say that they'll, they'll get a quarterback and they'll <laughs> compete. I just don't know who that would be realistically. You know what I mean? There, there's no one that you sit there and go, that makes a world of sense. Maybe it's Cam Newton. You know, they had a shot at Cam Newton last year and they, oh. they bypassed that, oh. you know, maybe Cam comes to Chicago. Oh gosh. Is that supposed to make anyone feel good? I mean, no, it doesn't. It's, it's better than Trubisky. I'll give you I that. don't know. I don't know. if it, like, Yeah. He's better than Trubisky. I, Come on. I, now. It hurts to watch him play football these days. And I'm a college yeah. guy, but the photoshops of Russell Wilson, 
in a bear's uniform. It's torturous. It is. It's just you must yeah, enjoy just this immensely. at that point. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're doing it to yourself. Um, I, I, I guess the situation for Minnesota, of course, is not as dire. I don't know what to think of Kirk Cousins. And I, I suppose it changes every week. And I guess as a rival, quote unquote, rival in the division, what would be your right. evaluation of him as it stands today? I mean, I'm with you in the sense that you don't really know what you're going to get from week to week. I think a lot of it is dependent on the opponent and what kind of scheme they run. Um, If it's a a team that can get after it with four and man them up outside, he does tend to see, he seems to struggle unless they do really get the ground game going because that obviously opens everything up. That's true for most, most quarterbacks, but he's a guy where if things are in structure and working, he's pretty damn good. You've seen the numbers he's put up, you know, obviously he's got talent to work with, uh, but the, when they get behind the sticks, they can't get that ground game going. He's not going to win you ball games. And I think, again, you talk about purgatory. This is a team that's pretty stuck with who they are, which I think actually, if they can just, I mean, last year was an abomination on the defensive side of the ball for a Mike Zimmer team. If they can get that defense back, even like playing respectable ball, I, I think they can win a lot of games because look, Cook's an amazing back. Like I said, once you get that running game going, you got Jefferson, you got Thielen, yeah. you got uh, you, you got some some weapons there. And if the defense – and I know there were guys who opted out, especially up front. Uh, they had a lot of injuries, especially at linebacker last year. So, you know, I, don't, I think by the end of the year, they were just a shell of what you thought that team was going to be. Um, but if they can just get that defense back together again, and I think they will. It's Mike Zimmer. He didn't forget how to coach. Um, I think, yeah, I think they'll be, they'll be a problem. No doubt about it. I think Kirk Cousins is one of the hardest players in the league for fans to get a grasp right. on because he's not a top five quarterback. We just we throw him up our hands up in the air like we have no idea. I, I think he's around what to, depending on the week, the eighth to fifteenth best quarterback. That's fine. And that's fine. And you can win I ball mean, games with that. Absolutely. It's, he doesn't have anything that that jumps out at you, right? When you watch tape or when you're watching his games, because he's right. the, the athleticism isn't there. It's not like you're afraid of him beating you outside the pocket with his legs. Um, it's not like he can make wow throws, um, but he's made some great throws. Like he can chuck it Absolutely. deep. He can, he can make the far hash throw. He like, he can make the throws necessary. It's just, there's nothing about his game physically that wows you. So you do kind of, I think I find myself being somewhat dismissive, but then all of a sudden you watch a game and at the end of it, he's put up three fifty and three touchdowns. And you're like, wait, what? Like mm-hmm. I, he, yeah, he's a bit of a conundrum. He, no doubt. Yeah. You know what Chicago would do to have a, a Cousins <laughs> no, quarterback? They, they would, it would, they would, they would give up everything things, to have him. Illegal, yes. illicit things. Yes. No doubt. Uh, Aaron is Mike Zimmer on the hot seat this year. I don't know. I, I, I would suspect, I want to say no, but I don't see how they can go through another season like they did last year. And he, and he isn't, um, I do think, like I said, he'll get that defense playing better football. Um, you know, they did just extend him and I know extensions don't always mean everything, but, um, I think they, they really like him as a coach. And I think he, for the most part, I think he's done a really good job in Minnesota. They've obviously stubbed their toe at times, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, in the old adage of, you know, every year is year to, every coach is year to year, et cetera, there, there's no difference there. But I think he's got to have a much better showing than he did last year or else, yeah, he probably could be on his way out. All right, so Aaron, before we let you out of here, we have to um, kind of break down 
the division. I know it's hard now too with free agency. Although I got to be honest, I don't know how hard it is in this division. Like this division is pretty simple. So what, how do you, how do you layer it down? I mean, obviously, you know, Cheesehead TV uh, says pretty much where uh, you're going number one. Well, actually, a, a, a human brain, I guess, says where you're going number one. That's right? the thing, though. It's like, how could you even possibly look at this division yeah. objectively, completely divorce yourself from all allegiances and not say it's the Packers division to win? And then I, mean, I guess it start at, at number two is, I guess, remotely intriguing. Where How would you break down right. two, three, assuming you've got the Lions fourth? Yeah, you got to put the lines forth. I mean, how, where else could you go with yeah. them? You know, it, I think so much depends on what Chicago does at quarterback because I do think if they get even competent quarterback play, they're going to be a tough out for a lot of teams. Uh, but I, I would probably have to give the nod to the Bears at two simply because we talked about the, the talent they have on defense. Um, I just think, although they do have a new coordinator and you do always wonder about how – things will transition what that what that might mean for continuity but yeah I, they just got to figure out quarterback if they do if they get a quarterback i don't like then put the vikings at two but if they get a quarterback that i think is at least just competent then i think the, the bears are at two so so aaron of the the bears end up with let's say ryan fitzpatrick is this a nine ten win team i think so i really okay. do and i know like fitzpatrick is so streaky and hot and cold and whatever uh but look, he's going to get the ball to Allen Robinson. I can guarantee you that, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's any question that their defense is going to keep them in almost every game. You saw them wear down at times last year because they were on the field so much. Trubisky and company had a lot of three and outs that got them back out on the field. But I think they're going to keep them in most games. And I think, you know, more often than not, if they can just generate enough offense and that's going to be down to the quarterback, uh, yeah, they, they're going to win at least, I would think, half their games. It's Patrick here would be fun. Again, we're we're about. I mean, it'd be great. It would actually be, be great. Hey, that'd be a that'd be. I mean, I there would are worse that. solutions. That'd be a, that'd there be a are ton far of fun. worse solutions out there. Yes, and probably yes. one that will be oh, yeah. put in place. Um, hey, Aaron, uh, really appreciate <laughs> it, man. Thanks again for stopping by. Uh, we're gonna have to have have you again soon. Just give everybody a heads up. Uh, Cheesehead TV, you know. What what are you working on now? What are you doing in terms of Absolutely, you know free agency yeah. draft? It sounds like you're in the the thick of it. Yeah, we're, we're always producing content every single day. I do a live chat on our YouTube ch channel and our Facebook page every single day, Packers Daily. We have uh, tons of different podcasts. We have a draft guide, which the pre-sale just went up uh, literally, I believe it was yesterday. Um, it is the only draft guide completely designed and uh, made just for Packers fans. Everything we do is breaking down all the players as they fit within the schemes that the Packers run. Um, traditionally how the Packers have drafted, what kind of size, speed, measurement thing that they always look for in their prospects. We do all of that. So there are lots of great draft guides, draft guides out there, but the Cheesehead TV draft guide is specific just for Packers. Awesome. Well, go check it out. And uh, thanks again, man. Again, we'll have to do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Thanks, Aaron. All right, Aaron Nagler. We'll come back, talk some future picks, and then get out of here. Appreciate Aaron stopping by to talk a little NFC and also some Green Bay Cheesehead TV. Uh, go check it out. What an awesome name for an entity that covers the Packers, Marcus. That's just absolutely yes. outstanding. Um, well done there. Um, becoming now one of my favorite segments, Marcus, which is the future, which is what we are betting on. But instead of the future, I want to go to the past mm. and talk a little quick UFC 259 
Um, that was awesome, Marcus. I guess what, what jumped out about it, uh, you know, what I love is this was like an anticipated fight card from prelims to the main and it delivered. So for you, what was your biggest observation about 259? We're approaching like the Mike Tyson zone for uh, Amanda Nunes, right? Where every fight is must see and you know that they're going to end so quickly. Like at my house, when I was watching this with a couple of buddies of mine, it's we're betting if this fight ends in the first minute, you know, of, of the first round. That's just how inc incredible she is. So uh, we'll see when she fights next and who she fights next because she's dominated everybody that the UFC has put in front of her. So uh, Amanda Nunes just continues to be an absolute legend and the greatest mixed martial artist ever in the female division. Okay. I had a pretty, um, I, I, I cashed in the Peter Jan Sterling fight because of the illegal knee. Did you feel good about it? Did you feel good about no, it? Well, <laughs> I've had, I had some, some cocktails in me. So at the moment I felt great, but it was one of the strangest outcomes again, to, to describe it for those who didn't see uh, Jan dominating that fight about to go up what three three rounds to one i think He's in the like, moment yeah it was was gonna win that fight a brutal knee clearly a legal knee to sterling who i think was obviously hurt but then i don't know if he sold it or not marcus i it, it it was it was strange it was uncomfortable i thought actually the broadcast did an awesome job of kind of breaking it down but it completely changed that fight and in a title fight it was really unusual how do you think Sterling is feeling right now or, you know, about his belt? Because he's the champion only by disqualification. It's the first time ever in MMA history where a belt was changed hands because of a DQ. Do you think he's excited that he has it? Do you think he's resentful of it? What do you think? Well, they're going to run this back most likely. Yes. Um, yes. And I think, I think, you saw it on his face that it was sort of, he didn't want anything to do with it. Totally odd situation. And I, I think it's probably a mix of emotions, but he can't, that's not how you want to do it. I think No, you um, work your whole life so, to get to that point, to win the belt and you win it that way. It, it's got to just feel gross. I, I think for him, you get basically a mulligan to run this yeah. thing back. Who knows? Maybe in May, probably summer, something like that. Well, and here's the question for you, Adam. Do you want to fight Peter Young again? Because he was losing that fight so bad. Badly. I think he has to. Like, I think, I think it's one of those things that if he doesn't, he'll take such a hit. Um, but I'm with you. Like, do I, if I'm him, do I, no. Because Peter no. Young was, <laughs> was dominating that fight and I don't think it'll be any different. And I can tell you within like the first two rounds, I was like, this ain't going to cash. I needed something like that. I, I just, I, with all the money bet on that fight, what an odd, um, and really if, if you had Jan in that, you are, that's as bad a beat as you're going to get, <laughs> frankly. I mean, that is as bad a UFC feat as you'll, UFC bad beat as you'll find. Yeah, I had Sterling. Um, so, I, was, I had Sterling Nunez in Izzy to, to you know three parlay you know win just for oh. victory, and Izzy let me down. But I you know I actually thought Izzy was going to win that final fight too. I we got to the third round, and that's when I started getting a little worried. Getting on the ground, man. That's the key here. Right. Um, all right. So looking ahead, um, I'll start there, Marcus. Uh, when it comes to the future, I am really enjoying betting on UFC. Great, great. Uh, card again this weekend not a pay-per-view but you look at muhammad edwards in the main event i like muhammad plus 200 uh against edwards we haven't seen him in like two years he's only fought a handful of times over three years um muhammad just fought so he's kind of we know he's in 
get, you know, game shape to take this. I don't know if you had any thoughts on the main event or the card as a whole or what you've been looking at. It's a fun, nice little card, you know, despite not being a, a pay-per-view, but I kind of like Leon Edwards a little bit. I think he's minus 265 or around there at your favorite sports book. So I'll actually take the favorite here and I'm really looking forward to it, Adam. I, over the last year, MMA has been absolutely fantastic. Dana White has put out an incredible product. Uh, so if you're interested in a new sport, UFC, I highly, highly recommend it. It's become outside of college in the NFL, I'd say, and it's even different. It may be my favorite thing to wager on now because you've got these quick moments of, yes, of money where it can all change hands, contrasting styles. It's just, I I'm with you, man. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, okay. In terms of golf, I had Spieth last week. Uh, I was going to jump in uh, your mentions, you know, over the weekend and say like, here we go. Of course, then Spieth fell apart. He starts talking to himself, but I'm back at it. Players this week, Tony Fee now, I'm going to take at 33 to one. And I, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess, if I'm going to take guys who are struggling to win, but I'm going to take Fee now and Matsuyama 33, 25 to one. I'm super excited for the players. We were deprived mm -hmm. of that last year, of course, as the sporting world started to shut down. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if you have any golf thoughts this week, but that, those are two that I'm going to take a stab at. I actually like Dustin Johnson to finish in the top 10. I think when I last nice. checked it, you could get it at like plus 160. Uh, I, he's going to finish there. there. There's no doubt in my mind. And I think he might even be the favorite to win the players, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's just so incredibly consistent. He's played the best golf of his career over the last year. Uh, I feel really, really good about Johnson finishing in the side of the top 10. I also, listen, I can't give up on Tommy Fleetwood. He's my guy. Uh, no. If you want to throw out like a half of a unit on Tommy Fleetwood to win, uh, I kind of like that as well. Are you, um, you know, obviously this is, we're getting into the bracket period, of course, speaking of sporting events that we were deprived from. What what are your conference champions? I love this week, man. I really do love this week. I think in some ways uh, there's more opportunities than even next week. So what are your college basketball thoughts heading into a week like this? That I had no absolutely nothing about college basketball. So this is the one See? week a year. This is the week a year where I get all my studying in, right? Like I just sit in front of my TV. <laughs> oh, I'm guilty of that too. Right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the prep week. This is the prep week. Um, Big Ten Homer, of course, you know I'm super excited for the Big Ten tournament because it is absolutely loaded. Um, I just I've always loved this week. I've been in Vegas a few times for this week, um, and I, I, it's just a you know with all the games being played culminating with the bracket of course we'll make some bogus bracket predictions yes. next week when it comes to the pot all right before we head out any anything else that jumps out to you we got free agency coming up from a non-betting standpoint right things are going to get mm -hmm. the next like two months and i wrote about this on the game day actually are are awesome for sports i think when it comes to just the full picture so what are you most looking forward to that we haven't already talked about yeah, I'm looking forward to like the, the 3 30 in the morning text from Adam Schefter, the notifications that somebody got traded or some big deal happened. My poor wife, she she does not see me uh, over the next two months as my phone is about this far away from my face. Uh, so it's going to be crazy. I, I, basketball's kicking back off here. Uh, I like yep. uh, I like Joel Embiid to win MVP at plus 200. We've got draft stuff, pro days. We had Northwestern's pro day today. Uh, it's, it's a great time to be a sports fan, Adam. It really is. It's going to be fun. Um, Kentucky Derby. You've got Augusta yeah, closing. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's, it is great. Lots, lots more to come. Um, all right. Well, we will dive into it, of course, in the weeks ahead. Reminder, guys, uh, subscribe, share, 
all of those things. Spam your friends, whatever it takes when it comes to the podcast. And remind you to get that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And also check out thegameday.com to see what our affiliates have. For Marcus Moser, I'm Adam Kramer. Thanks again to Aaron Nagler for joining us. We will talk to you guys next week.